On today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast, we're talking about what do you do when you and your spouse are not on the same page spiritually. Before we dive into that, though, I want to thank my friends over at Haya Health for sponsoring today's episode. Layla Lopes. Yes. Did you know that most vitamins we buy for our kids are filled with sugar? Yes. <laughs> Layla always makes fun of me for the way I say sugar. You say it wrong, yeah. How do I, Did I say it right there? You throw an extra R in there somehow. I don't even know how you do it. Sugar. Speaking of throwing extra things in, most of the vitamins that we give our kids <laughs> <laughs> have a lot of things in them that are not actually healthy for our kids. They're filled with all kinds of chemicals, sugar, other gummy junk that our kids really should never eat as growing kids. And so there's a vitamin company, Hyatt Health, made these vitamins. They were actually started by dads or came up with by dads who wanted to give their kids good vitamins that were made from well-sourced ingredients that didn't have a bunch of stuff in there that they shouldn't be eating. Because as we know, especially with our picky eater, your kids, our two-year-old is especially picky mm -hmm. and she will not eat the fruits and vegetables that she needs to be eating. Like 93% of the kids out there don't eat the fruits and vegetables that they need to be eating. And so instead of the chicken fingers and macaroni and cheese, processed food, ice cream, all that kind of stuff that are, most of our kids are dieting on, we need to fill in those nutritional gaps. And that's what High Health does. They create a vitamin that's non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, everything else you can imagine. Really great vitamin for your kids. They also, what our kids like about them is the customizable vitamin bottles. Yeah. They like their bottles. Yeah. The, so they get to decorate them, put their own name on them mm -hmm. and all kinds Stickers of stuff. Stickers. Yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. So we have worked out an exclusive offer with the High Health team for their best-selling children's vitamin Dad Tired listeners receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HyaHealth.com forward slash Dad Tired or enter the code Dad Tired at checkout. That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash Dad Tired and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Full discount applied at checkout. Well, as you probably heard in that introduction, Layla is joining me today, a fan favorite. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Every time we're on, guys say that how much they appreciate hearing your perspective and how you... Well, I've said this a million times. We say this almost every time that you're on the podcast, but essentially when we give marital counseling or premarital counseling of any sort, or we're just talking to our friends, I typically relate to the wife in the relationship <laughs> and you typically relate to the husband. It's true. Yeah. And so I think sometimes guys like to hear your perspective because you may relate to more of the guys on here than I do. <laughs> One of my best friends in the world he is, I mean, you guys are a mirror image of each other. Yeah. It's just, you guys are so much alike. It's, it's ridiculous. So sometimes I'll call him if you and I are in a spot that we can't like, we're, see eye to eye. can't see eye to eye. And so I'll call him I'm like, all right, dude, here's what I'm going through. What would you say? <laughs> and he literally will think exactly how you're thinking. But speaking of eye to eye, today we're talking about when couples are not on the same page spiritually. And this is a big deal. And yeah. the reason we're talking about it. A lot of couples go through this. You may be listening to this right now and you may feel like you and your spouse are not on the same page. And when I first started Dad Tired, I'd get a lot of messages from women or wives who said, hey, Jared, my husband, I so badly want him to be the spiritual leader of our family, 
but he seems really disinterested in all things God, church, faith. And uh, so how do I encourage him to be the spiritual leader of my home? And I totally anticipated that that would be the reality when I started Dad Tired, because frankly, you just go to any church and it's usually full of women who are taking the lead. And so I expected that. But what was been surprising to me is since we've launched our family leadership program, which if you're not in, you should definitely sign up and come into the next cohort. But when we launched our family leadership program, a lot of guys have joined that and they dive in. And one of the weeks, the second week, we talk about marriage. And a lot of the guys have reached out and said, hey, man, one of the things I'm struggling with in my marriage is that I feel like I'm putting all the effort in that I can to be the spiritual leader of our home, to dive in, to take the things of God seriously. I'm trying my best to fumble my way through this journey. And my wife just doesn't seem interested. I'm like trying to pray with her. I'm trying to talk about the things of God. And here's one thing I actually hear a lot. A lot of guys say, my wife is just like, she seems more interested to be on her cell phone or to Mm -hmm. scroll through social Mm -hmm. media when I get home from work and I help out with the kids. And now she just like wants to kind of check out and and go on the phone. Yeah. So I thought, man, we should probably talk about this Mm -hmm. because I think there are a lot of couples who are dealing with it. And uh, I put a little poll out on Instagram and we've got a lot of followers on Instagram who are women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Again, I think just a lot of wives are like, I want my fam, my husband to lead, and I'm trying to give him every resource possible. And so they followed that tired. But I put a poll out this morning and I said, do you feel like you and your spouse are on the same page spiritually? 44% of people so far, this is just six hours ago. So a lot more data to come in over the next 29, 18 hours. How's my math? I don't know. I don't know how Instagram works. How 20, long did 24. it go? You're 24. so old. I don't know the Instagram. Layla posted her first Instagram story ever the other I did week. a good job. I thought I put text on it. What was it? I don't remember what it was. It was when you went on uh, the Huckabee show. Uh, I figured out how to share the pictures on a story, like whew. the circle at the top. Did you also post it on your MySpace? Uh, come on. <laughs> I almost said, yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. We will not tell anybody the real story here or the whole story, I should say. Layla and I met via Instagram. I think Dad Tired is... No, it was MySpace. I mean, MySpace. That's what I meant to say. I think Dad Tired is credible enough six years in that I can admit that that's actually how I swooped (laughs) in on you. As a young 21-year-old, saw you. you, I'm like, I got to get this girl my top eight ASAP. Yeah, Yeah, he saw me on the MySpace and sent me a message. He didn't even know me. I ignored him. She ignored me the first time, so yeah. I had to wait, shoot my shot again. Yeah. First one doesn't go in, you shoot again. Mm-hmm. And then, gosh, the amount of times you asked me to marry you after shut that was just... <laughs> give me a break. So on Instagram, this story, it expires after 24 hours. So Your I should, poll? My poll. So okay. I was trying to do six minus 24. 18 hours from now. 24 minus six is what he meant, folks. Gosh. Right. Did I take my vitamins today? I don't know. My brain's Evidently old. not. The thing is, when you're not here and I'm just talking to the computer, I probably do this every episode, just say random mm-hmm. stuff that makes no sense. Yeah, you got to have me here fact checking. Yeah, Layla's a good fact checker. 24 minus 6, 18 hours from now, we'll capture a lot more data. But for right now, the poll is showing 44% of people say, yes, we are on the same page. 44%. So most say no. 
56% of people following on Instagram say, I do not feel like my spouse and I are on the same page spiritually. Mm -hmm. Then my follow-up question was for you, Instagram family, what's your heart? What's the hardest part about not being on the same page spiritually? And without fail, kind of the, if I could sum up like all the answers, it would be disconnection or loneliness Mm -hmm. from husbands and wives who feel like, like the husbands and wives, they feel disconnected from each other. Exactly. Mm. Because they're not connected spiritually. Sure. They're not on the same page spiritually. And it reminded me of this time where, there's, yeah, please. I was just going to say, of course, I mean, it makes sense because there's no deeper connection you can share with somebody than one that's spiritual. You can have a lot of things in common or have fun with somebody, but that just doesn't go as deep. Yeah. One of the wives said it. I'm trying to find it here. There's a lot of, a lot of answers. One of them said, essentially... I can't share the most important thing. Uh, how did she say? It? I can't share the most important things to the most important person. Yeah, that's tough. It reminded me, I told you this story earlier today, but it reminded me when I was in church and I was young, man. I, don't, I only went to this church up until like, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember being young and I overheard an older woman say this to a high school student. So I was just like, it wasn't even said to me. And this is how big of an impact it made on me as a young kid. But she said that the high school student was talking about wanting to be with somebody who wasn't a follower of Jesus. And the older woman said, wait, why would they want to be with someone who's not a follower? Wait, what? What did you say? The high schooler wanted to date someone who wasn't a follower of Jesus. Who wasn't a follower? Yeah. Oh, Oh, their, their goal wasn't to be, they just found somebody they liked and that person wasn't a follower. You're saying, Yeah. I see. Sorry. I thought you meant they were like, Hey lady, I want to be with someone who's not a follower. Oh, no. they had already met someone and they liked this girl. Okay. Got it. Sorry. Yeah. No, this is good. I don't know how many times they don't make sense until you're here. (laughs) And apparently, uh, I don't make sense often. (laughs) Yeah. So this girl it was a girl. She really liked oh, okay. this boy. I see. But the boy wasn't a Christian. And she's sure. like, you know, what do I do? I really like him, but he's not a Christian. And the older woman said, if he doesn't have that in common, you guys have nothing in common. If Jesus is everything, you have nothing in common. Yeah. And that really stuck out to me because I always thought, you know, like, well, we kind of, you know, a lot of people think this. And I thought this when I was young, maybe we disagree on like religion and he'll, he's got his own journey. She's got her own journey. You know, people think this, but we like the same music. We have, we're so connected in all these other ways. And to hear this older woman say, if you don't have Jesus in common, you have nothing in common. Yeah. Jesus being everything. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who are married right now, maybe your spouse says, yeah, I'm a Christian. And maybe this was something you talked about before you got married at a kind of a low level, or maybe you didn't even address it and you just assumed they go to church or they're not opposed to going to mm-hmm. church or they're not opposed to being a Christian, they grew up Catholic or mm-hmm. they've got kind of some loose family traditions. I wasn't trying to throw Catholicism under the bus there. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like maybe they just grew up in a traditionally religious mm-hmm. home, mm-hmm. but they weren't like really practicing following the ways of Jesus. And so now being married, your relationship is potentially growing. Jesus is captivating your heart more and more. You're becoming more and more a disciple of his. And at the same time, your spouse isn't. Mm-hmm. There's a deep loneliness there. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we don't have any miraculous answers here. This is a hard topic, but I, yeah. I want to give some hope. We've but been through it ourselves. That's what I wanted to talk about next mm-hmm. is that all those years that you were falling away from Jesus and I was praying what? for you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> 
Listen, I got to be on this show more often because I think you're talking smack about me and I don't even know. It's not true at all. No, there was a season in particular. I think we all go through ebbs and flows of our relationship with Mm -hmm. Jesus. But there was a a very particular season. I've talked about this a lot in the book and on podcast interviews and and whatnot. But a very particular season, I would say I was rebellious towards God Mm -hmm. and rebellious towards the ways of God, Mm -hmm. the ways of Jesus. And that was, well, I'll just let you. That was crushing. Yeah. Yeah. What did that feel like for you? Well, I mean, I didn't grow up in the church. And so when I met you, I had, you know, within the last few years had just become a Christian and really had fallen in love with Jesus. And I met you and you were a pastor at a church and it's like fairy tale. And I thought I had my fairy tale and we were married and several years in, yeah, you just got in this funk, you know, a series of things that happened, I think life circumstances and you had, like you said, become not just like, ah, oh, just kind of feel distant from God. It was like rebellious. It was, I actually want nothing to do with God. I, I don't think I said that. No, you didn't say but I certainly it. Felt it felt it. Yeah. And it felt that way because anytime I would try and say something like, you know, maybe we should pray about it. You just not interested. Well, let's talk to so-and-so from the church, kind of our mentors, you know, that that we trust and know we love, uh, they love Jesus and they love us. And, and you were not interested, didn't want to do it. And it was incredibly painful to watch you spiral and kind of unravel. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do that? Like, how do we move forward together if you like firmly have this stake in the ground and you were not willing to move forward in that way with me. And I didn't even know how to like repair our marriage because of course then our marriage was in a really hard spot. You were unkind a lot of the time. And how do we raise the kids in this environment where it was just really dark? And then when you don't have this foundation together anymore, it was like, I don't even know how to repair it. Like we can't like go to church together, pray together. We can't go to these like Christian mentors that we know and trust. And it was really tough. I imagine it probably felt hopeless in a lot of ways. Oh, for sure. And it was, but that's something that God taught me that I don't think I could have learned without having gone through that season, but it was completely hopeless for me. There was, I realized that there's just absolutely nothing I could do to change your heart. And that's not like a dark, sad thing. That was a realization I had to come to. There was just nothing I could do to save you. And so it certainly drew me to Jesus because that's all I could have. That's all I knew that was the only hope that we had. Well, yeah. And the way that it, that season kind of, we transitioned out of that season because I'm sure a lot of people are going to be like, well, what happened? Because <laughs> yeah. now yeah. that tired's here and obviously right. we're in a great spot in our mm-hmm. marriage and spiritually. And uh, I, I mean, at the moment though, I didn't think we would make it. No, I didn't either. Yeah. I, I thought, wow, I'm really going to be, I'm going to be a single mom. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to, we're going to have separate homes. I was like envisioning this life yeah. that we had built was now no longer going to be. That's yeah. like how hopeless and bad it was. Yeah. I was thinking those things too. It sucked. Yeah. It was a crappy season. Yeah. Really crappy season. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that God has been good to us. Yeah. Restored us. But so Layla, we were in the middle of a fight. I've shared this story a bunch of times. So forgive me if I'm double storing you guys, but Layla, we were in the middle of that season in a really, because 
I just imagine there are a lot of husbands and wives listening to this who are just like, gosh, I've been there. We're there. Mm -hmm. We're in that season. It feels hopeless. What are we going to do? How do we move forward from this? And so we were in that season. We were fighting. We were in our bedroom of our old house. And in the middle of the fight, you said something to me. And I could tell like, oh, this is going to be another fight. And we were fighting all the time then. And I'm so distracted by what you're doing right now. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, listen, you guys, I pick my nail polish off and I leave the speckles all over the place. And Jared can't stand it. It's going to be the end of our marriage again, right here in front of everybody. (laughs) I'll vacuum it up. (laughs) You just put those nails on. You were just asking me like two days ago. Do you like these nails? They're not false nails. It's just polish. I could put some more on. Oh my gosh. It's fine. <sighs> Looks like pencil shavings all over the... Okay, I'll quit. It reminds me of when Layla and I got married on our honeymoon. You know, this is the day I've looked forward to my entire life. I'm like, this is it, man. During the reception, I was like counting down the hours until it was over. I'm like, I cannot yeah. wait to get this girl back to the hotel. Okay. We're about to uh, go to Hawaii the next day. And so we're staying at a hotel. And I'm like, you know, I'm a husband. I'm like, this is it, man. Here's the thing. Okay. So when you get married, and I didn't know, I don't typically, I don't go to the salon. I don't get my makeup done. I don't get my nails done. I don't get my hair done. But here it's my wedding day. So I thought that's like, well... I guess I have to get all dolled up. And so I got nails on. Somebody put some eyelashes on my eyelids. Which, by the way, you already have huge eyelashes. I do have. I'm Persian and Persians have lovely eyelashes. But I didn't know, you know, that you just, I don't know. I just thought I have to put eyelashes on because it's my wedding day. Yeah. So thank you for that segue. So we were, you know, we get back to the hotel. I think I go to the bathroom, kind of get freshened up. Take the button off, We're putting up shirt off, undo the tie, come out. Layla's laying on the bed, and there are eyelashes spread everywhere. I'm just like, what is happening right now? I've never had fake eyelashes on, and so I'm, you know, I'm just so conscious of these things on my eyeballs. So I just start picking them off and putting them on the bedspread, yeah. and he comes out, and here's his new bride surrounded by. Eyelashes these little flicks everywhere. of hair. <laughs> and that wasn't even the craziest part of the night. Layla falls asleep. We Listen, we were going to go on a honeymoon. o'clock bedtime strict. We were <laughs> <laughs> we were going to go on our honeymoon the next day, and we're poor young couple, and everyone had given us all this money, you know, for gifts and their the cards, and we forgot all of our cards yeah. at the wedding. So then I have to call my mom mm-hmm. on my wedding night. Hey, can you bring? Yeah. And then actually, one of my best friends, Casey, show knocks on the door. He's like, "I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> you know, like, this is, I know what's. I'm sorry. This is so awkward." And then Layla fell asleep, and I went down to the hotel bar and watched the UFC fight. Yeah. And that is not how I envisioned my honeymoon going, but um, here we are, Listen, four kids. We later. had a fine time in Hawaii. It was fine. You were telling the story. We I was were telling the story. We Let's get back to the fight. juicy stuff. Let's yeah. get back to the juicy we stuff. We were in here a we fight go. at the old house. Old house. We were fighting. You said something that I thought, okay, here, we're about to fight. I get all the testosterone. I'm like, let's go. Let's battle it out. Immature masculinity at its best. Mm-hmm. Let me just say something to hurt you and win yeah. and feel powerful. Yeah. You it, would purposefully try to say something hurtful. That's it, what was so terrible. Immature masculinity. Yeah. And so I said something to hurt you and uh, you got tears in your eyes, which Layla's a rock emotionally. 
She's getting softer as she gets older. Though. I do. I'm getting a little soft. So she got tears in her eyes and I thought, oh, I'm winning this argument. And uh, in my immaturity, I thought I'm winning. And you looked at me. This was a life changing moment for me. You looked at me and you said, Jared, I want you to know so tenderly. You said this. I really believe it was Holy Spirit moment. It was because I could have killed you. <laughs> You're ruining the story. It's so sorry. beautiful. You said, Jared, I've been waking up at two in the morning every morning and I go into the living room and I've been praying that God would capture your heart again. Every time I tell the story, I always say, I would have rather you cussed me out at that moment. I was ready to fight. I was not ready for you to slap me with the love of Jesus and the grace of Jesus, what you did. And in that moment, I realized, and we've talked about this so much since then, but you knew you did not have the power to change my heart. You could have nagged me. Like you just said, I could have killed you. You were far from God. Not And not all spouses are being rebellious and mean. They're just not interested in the mm-hmm. things of God, which we'll talk about in a second. But I was pretty far on that spectrum. Like I wasn't just not interested. I was rebellious towards you and the things of God. And so you said those words and it really, um, the Holy Spirit used that to, to just take a wrecking ball to the giant wall that I had built up in my heart. And that was the start of God bringing me back to him, which is how we got to where we are today. And I think we'll talk about this at the end here potentially, but I think for any couple or any person listening and your spouse is not interested, if you take away any point today, it's what Layla would just say there that she realized I am not in control of my spouse. I cannot change their heart. And there's only one heart changer. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the one who can do the work that I cannot do. And so all I'm left to do is pray yeah, and ask Jesus to do what I cannot personally do. Because here's the thing, husband, here's the thing, wife listening. You cannot nag your way to getting your spouse to fall in love with Jesus. Mm-mm. Nobody surrendered their life to Christ because they were nagged to. Mm-hmm. And you keep checking in on spiritual things over and over and over. It probably will feel like nagging. Mm-hmm. Why don't you ever want to go to church? Mm-hmm. Just read your Bible for once and you're like, read a book, mm-hmm. listen to an audio book. Nobody's going to come to know Christ that way. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to surrender to the love and the grace of Jesus because you nagged them or guilted them to do it. Yeah, it's true. And it reminded me your posture that you took that day in the you know in that room when you said that. First Peter three one says this: Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Which I could not imagine the level of humility it took for you to do that. To not only to actually get up and pray, which you were doing, mm-hmm. you weren't just making that up. No, you were it really do- was. Yeah. You were doing that. The level of humility that it takes to do that, knowing I'm wrong, I'm the one in the wrong. Mm-hmm. And you were humble enough to say, I'm going to wake up and pray for him. But then to say that to me, you know, to not come at me with, Jared, you're a freaking idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, you suck as a man right now. Get your crud together. Mm-hmm. All the things you could have rightly said, you didn't. It reminds me of that. First Peter three, when that level of like submission, not to, I'm going to be a doormat and just let you walk all over me. There is, you know, I always feel like I need to be clear on this. There is verbal abuse and physical abuse. Mm -hmm. No spouse should go through. And Jesus would not ask you to go through that. We're not asking you. We're not telling you to submit yourself in a way to be a doormat where you're abused, Mm -mm. but there is a level of humility where you submitted yourself to the spirit of God, Mm -hmm. to the covenant of the marriage. Yeah. And you know, it was cool when I did that is God kept my heart soft toward you mm. when normally like in my flesh, cause I can be kind of spicy sometimes if I got a lot of spice. I got a little spice. If I feel like there's injustice or if somebody's unkind, I don't tolerate 
unkindness or just immaturity. I don't like that at all. <laughs> like, or, or people being unreasonable. You hate. Oh, I hate when people are unreasonable. I and don't there was nothing like, I was doing anything more than being unreasonable. Yeah, Jared was unreasonable and he was unkind. He was just very emotional and using his emotions as a weapon. And it really, like in my flesh, I, I hate that. I hate when people do that. I hated that you were doing it even then. But um, God somehow protected my like this tenderness towards you because I was sad that this was mm. happening. I mean, I was angry and we did fight, but I, I still kept this tenderness towards you. I don't think that could have happened if it weren't for the Spirit of God working that way in me. For the husband who's listening right now and your spouse is far from God, for the wife who's listening and your spouse is far from God, but just know that right, even as Layla says that, that's our prayer for you is that your heart would remain soft and tender toward your spouse because it will be so easy to move towards bitterness. And there's nothing mm-hmm. the enemy wants more than to just put heaps of bitterness. Yeah. In between. Apathy. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's a dangerous place to be. And that is precisely what Satan would, where he would try and get you. Let me pray for those couples right now. We'll go on, but let me just pray. Jesus, for this person who's listening and their spouse is far from God, far from you right now. And Lord, they can feel that bitterness creeping in. They can feel that apathy, just all right, what throwing their hands up and saying, whatever, I'm over it. I'm not even going to try anymore. God, I pray that you would not let the enemy win that battle. Lord, for the person who's listening that resonates with this deeply, I pray that you would, by your grace, soften their heart. God, that you would give them an unreasonable amount of grace. It wouldn't make sense to the world. That the world would say, how in the world do you keep putting up with this? Maybe even the church or their Christian friends would say, gosh, I'm so sorry you're dealing with a lot. God, that you would give them an overwhelming amount of grace and of patience, of steadfastness, of long-suffering, of tenderness, of love. God, that they would see their spouse as a a son or daughter who has run far from you and you so badly want them back, God, that that would be their vision, the lens that they see their spouse through. And and so just protect their heart, protect their marriage, God. Do not let bitterness creep. And I pray that specifically for the person who's feeling the weight of the bitterness and apathy and hopelessness right now. Pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. The rest of that verse says, um, wives in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husband so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. Mm. Man, that's good news. That's cool. That they may be, even if they're not in the word, mm-hmm. even if the spirit of God feels like it just like it, that's, there's nothing there, that they would still be won over. What's it say? Won over without words by the behavior of their wives. And I pray that too for your, the husbands, you know, that your wife would see you being consistent over and over and over. And even though they're not in the word, that they would be led to Christ, even without words, by your behavior. Would that be the truth there? Yeah. And for the wives too, the ones that are dragging their husbands to church and dragging them to the Bible study or home group or whatever, that, that God would just give you the perseverance and the peace to know too, that it's not it's not you that's going to save them or all those works, but that they would just see your steadfastness and your grace toward them and um, that they'd be won over. I think it's important to recognize that your frustrations, wanting your spouse to be on the same page of you spiritually, that's actually a longing 
for how it was supposed to be. Those frustrations are good. They're an indicator for you mm-hmm. that, man, it, it wasn't meant to be like this. Yeah. When God created man and woman and he puts them together to be one, it was oneness in every sense of the word, physically intimate, emotionally intimate, relationally intimate, spiritually intimate. Like God meant oneness in every sense of that word. And so your frustration that you are not one spiritually with your spouse is it's just an indicator, man, this isn't how it's supposed to be. And our hearts long for God to make all things right again. Anytime we feel that kind of like frustration, we feel that with death, with yeah, sickness. Any illness, yeah. It's a reminder to us, this isn't the way humans were supposed to be. And so just instead of turning that towards bitterness, one, would you turn it back to thankfulness that God has not left us in our misery, that he didn't leave us forever in our sin and our destruction, but he said, I will make all things. There will be a day, no more crying, no more tears, no more pain, no more sickness. I will wipe away every tear from every eye. That's the good news of the gospel. There's a new hope coming, but it's also coming right now. It's a day that our hearts long for, but it's also... God is, has started that redemption now. And uses marriage to do that. What a, like honor to be a tool that God uses to draw your spouse back to him. Yeah. Like that was, that's really cool to know that you're, you are a tool that God is using for his glory. That's really neat. I remember when we were in that season, we had a, it's funny to think about now in our bathroom, we had, do you remember this? It was a a little chalkboard and I used to write you little sweet messages yeah. on that thing. And, mm-hmm. and then we were in this fight. And so of course the sweet messages <laughs> were board, a lot less often. The board started to get a little empty. Yeah, yeah. The board was left blank for a while, but I remember that God showed me a verse and I wrote it. Do you remember it? Because you were so angry all the time. You're just angry and unkind and unpleasant <laughs> to be around. But I remember it was a verse about God's kindness. You know, he's, it was something about like being drawn back to God, drawn to repentance by his kindness. Yeah, Romans. Don't yeah. you know that it's his kindness that yeah. leads you to repentance? Yeah. And yeah. I remember thinking that and just like praying that over you, that like mm. you would remember and recognize God's kindness. And now even God's kindness through me, that he would draw you to repentance. And he did. Yeah, you gave me a glimpse of the gospel that I'm fully known in all my junk and all my sin. You saw me at my worst and you didn't leave and you should have. And I knew you should have, but you didn't. And you gave me a glimpse of the gospel. It was that it was your kindness. It was the Holy Spirit's kindness through you given to me that gave me a clear glimpse of the gospel. And that's what you can do for your spouse, that your kindness would actually lead them to repentance, not your nagging, mm-hmm. not your, your guilt tripping, mm-hmm. not your, if you could just get pull yourself up by your bootstraps, figure this out, our family needs you to do this, but your kindness um, might lead them to repentance. Man, there's so many things I want to keep hitting here. One of the things that I, I think is important is a mindset shift. And this kind of goes to what we were talking about with what you were just saying. I think a lot of us in all areas of marriage, look at our spouse as somebody that can serve us well. I need you to meet my needs physically. I need you to meet my needs emotionally. I need you to meet my needs spiritually. And when you don't, if I come into marriage and I think you're going to meet all my needs, even subconsciously, I think all those Mm -hmm. things. When you don't, 
bitterness is real quick to grow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we, you see this in, in all kinds of what you see this, uh, as a lot of guys, um, physically, sexually, you, you're supposed to meet all my needs. And when you don't, now I'm justifying whatever I'm going to justify. Mm-hmm. And so the same, I think is true for spiritually God's design is that you would be one in uh, spiritually, that you would have an intimacy spiritually. But if I'm coming into marriage thinking you're supposed to give me that and now you're not. And so now what's going to happen quickly is I'm just bitter towards you versus the mindset of God has given me you and you to me so that I can help you become all of who God wants you to be. That is my role for you in marriage. Before the creation of the world, he planned for us to be together and he's using me to help you become the woman that he has called you and designed you to be. And so that mindset is, I'm here to serve you. I'm not here to be served by you. Mm -hmm. Now, ideally, both people in the relationship are thinking that and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. When that's happening, when two people are thinking, how can I serve you? Mm -hmm. A relationship flourishes. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when one person isn't thinking that. I get that. But you have to keep your mindset. God has given your spouse you so that they can become the person that he wants them to be. Mm -hmm. And so if your husband is not leading or your wife is not engaged spiritually, instead of growing bitterness, you think, God, what is it that you would want me to do? How can I partner with you in seeing her become a little bit more, seeing him become a little bit more closer to you? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Did Mm -hmm. I explain that right? Yeah. So with that, I think, so really practically here, when like when a wife has asked me, I've talked about this on other podcasts where it's a, a primarily a women audience or a mother audience. They've asked me, how can a wife encourage their husband to lead spiritually? Here's one thing I would say. Questions are good. You guys know me. I, I say this a lot on the podcast. It's one of the best leaders I've ever met are the best question askers. Mm-hmm. Very good question askers. The better you can get at, at coming up with creative heart level questions the better you are going to be as a leader. So questions are good, but some questions are bad. <laughs> yeah. And so, and specifically in the topic of lead or engaging your spouse to be the spiritual leader or engage spiritually with you, questions like, what's God teaching you lately? Might be a bad question. It might be, yeah. Might be. Mm-hmm. If I know that you're resistant towards the things of God in this particular season of life. Or if you're in a low spot or, you know, kind of in that season where you don't feel close to God and someone says, hey, what's God doing in your life right now? (laughs) Oh, well, thanks for asking. Nothing. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Thanks for pointing it out. Yeah. And it can feel condescending because my wife knows. Like if you were to ask me in that season, what's God teaching you today? Yeah. You're like, what the the hell are you asking me? You know, yeah. you know that I'm not feel close mm-hmm. to God right now. So it feels condescending to me mm-hmm. and it feels judgy. And mm-hmm. one of the guys actually said that in the, the poll that I just did on Instagram, mm-hmm. it's hard to bring up the things of God or to ask questions without feeling self-righteous or judgmental. Mm-hmm. And so some questions you ask can feel judgmental sure. yeah. or self-righteous. Mm-hmm. And so maybe a better question would be first Pray before you even ask questions that God would give you that tender spirit that Layla was talking mm-hmm. about earlier. And when you have that tender spirit and you're not coming through a lens of bitterness, but through a lens of tenderness, and then you can ask a question like, hey, how do you feel like, or where do you feel like you're at with God right now? Mm-hmm. And that kind of question with the right posture mm-hmm. and tone can really give somebody the freedom to say, I don't feel close to God at all mm-hmm. right now. Those two things paired, that question Hey, how do you, where do you feel like you're at with God right now? 
and with a gentle spirit and a gentle posture. And then somebody saying, I don't feel close to God. I promise you just those two things alone next to each other is going to build intimacy. Mm -hmm. You are now safe. Sure. I've asked you a question which has teed up that I'm a safe place for you to land. Mm -hmm. And now you've said something vulnerable and now our intimacy is growing. Mm -hmm. And that's going to start taking you guys on the right track. Mm -hmm. And so ask your spouse questions like that. Hey, how are you doing? It seems like you're having a hard time. Is there anything I can do? Like you want to process that? Mm -hmm. You want to talk yeah, about and not, it? The follow-up question shouldn't be like, why? Right. Why is often not a good question because most people, whether it's your child, you're trying to discipline, why did you do that? Or why aren't you close to God? You know, or whatever it is, why is often not a good question. But yeah, like what do you think has contributed to that? What is there something I could do that would help? Something like that. What story are you yeah. believing? Yeah. What story are you telling yourself about yeah. God? Yeah. Because sometimes it's like, well, I have, you know, I feel like I've been living in a certain way that's not God honoring. And so now I just don't want to pray and I haven't prayed in a long time. And, you know, you mm -hmm. may uncover some of those things. Most guys feel like they're bad guys. I don't feel like a good guy. And so I can't really approach God. Can't really approach my wife and kids about things spiritually. I can coach T-ball, coach mm -hmm. the soccer team, the football team. I can uh, maybe help with homework from time to time or science project or whatever because I'm decent at all that stuff. But when it comes to the things of God, I feel far from God. Mm -hmm. And so how in the world am I going to lead my kids, mm -hmm. my wife towards Jesus? And, and so, again, that would just be the kindness of God, that you've experienced the kindness and grace of God. The truth is you're not a good dude. <laughs> But God didn't bail on you. That's how much he loves you. You did not meet his standards of righteousness. You fell short. And instead of bailing, he said, man, I love you so much. Mm -hmm. I'm coming for you still. I'm not bailing on you. And when you experience that grace, you're like, man, okay, I want to start to follow Jesus. And mm -hmm. so that's my prayer that every guy would start to understand the goodness of God, mm -hmm. the kindness of God, and it would lead them to repentance. So maybe some questions that you just think through as a spouse, if your wife or husband is far from God, think through good questions that are tender soft give them a soft place to land how's and, your heart you yeah, ask me that sometimes how's your heart yeah we'll start to wrap up here but one thing that i think is something that it's worth addressing because I, I said it at the very beginning of the podcast where husband might be he just joined the family leadership program he's putting all the, in all this work to be the man that god's called him to be the leader that god's called him to be and his wife is completely unengaged and a lot of times i've heard this numerous times Guys say, my wife seems more interested in social media, mm -hmm. scrolling through Instagram or Pinterest or Facebook or TikTok or whatever. And so I don't really know how to engage her because she just wants to be on her phone all day. Mm -hmm. You've said something interesting about that, about kind of phone. Yeah, it's hard because, I mean, we have four kids and and I'm an introvert and that, you know, extroverts might roll their eyes, but like being an introvert and having a lot of kids and having to be needed and on for the majority of the day is really, really exhausting. And when you feel that level of just being depleted emotionally and physically, it is really hard to not want to just check out. And the phone, I think what I said earlier is, I mean, it is a checkout, but it's just kind of a more socially acceptable way to cope with just the exhaustion of being a mom or just being a parent in general. And I think what probably before cell phones and before social media, when you can just pull your phone out of your pocket at any second that you just need to check out, zone out, 
used to be like, I'm going to have a glass of wine or two or three or four, you know, and just kind of get for some people just a little bit buzzed and that was enough. Or you know, so people go, it's the same coping mechanism and the sa- it's the same mechanism in your brain as, as using some sort of substance is the phone. It's just a way to kind of disengage from the hardship and not a hardship like, oh, poor me, I'm a mom and that's hard. But it is. It's stressful. It's mm-hmm. hard. And it's exhausting. And if this is an easy and socially acceptable way to check out, I mean, how mad are you going to be at me for just looking at my phone? I've had a hard day. I just, you know, want to yeah. check out. But man, that phone has really robbed families of yeah. what could be really great intentional time together. I mean, even if right now, if you guys just look in your settings at the usage of your phone, it's amazing how hours add up. And I just, if someone said, Layla, you actually have like four hours of your day that you're not, that you have available to maybe, you know, do some more productive family thing with your kids or your husband or some spiritual discipline, like read your Bible or journal or something. I would say, no, I don't have four hours in my day. But oh my gosh, if I look at my usage, yeah. holy cow, how is that possible? So yeah, it's just a coping mechanism, social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's what I would say to the husband or wife. And this is not, that's, yeah, a, not, that's sure. not a wife thing. No, it's not. No, absolutely <laughs> That's not. a everybody thing right you now. Bet. And so here's what I would say to that is one of the greatest things that you can do, we actually talk about this in the family leadership program too, is figuring out how to give your spouse the gift of rest, soul rest. And so if you see there's some kind of abuse of they're on the phone a ton or they're drinking too much alcohol or they're binge watching something. So you start to recognize a pattern where it seems like they're just longing to check out. Mm-hmm. You might just ask, figure out a way, how can I help you? How can I lead you into rest? Mm-hmm. And because your soul is just tired and you're searching for something to give your soul a little bit of rest. And so maybe you need to practice Sabbath more as a family. We've done lots of episodes about Sabbath. We talk about this family leadership program. Maybe you just need to give your wife or your husband a break for, hey, here's one hour, just go to the coffee shop or I'll Mm -hmm. watch all the kids while you go on a walk or go work out or whatever you need to do. But there's probably something deeper happening there. Mm -hmm. So instead of just, you're always on your phone all the time, Mm -hmm. another way of saying that is, hey, how can I help you find a little bit of rest Mm -hmm. during the week? Yeah. And it really is an addiction. That's not an exaggeration or I'm not being dramatic. It re- like there are plenty of oh, studies yeah. that oh, yeah. describe social media addiction and the addiction to technology and things like that. It, it's a legitimate, uh, really concerning actually addiction. And so husbands and wives are experiencing this. And then um, of course, children are watching their parents on their phones all day long. And then the children are also engaging in the social media addiction. So even just a practical thing to do is just delete the app off your phone. You don't have to like deactivate your account, but even just get the app off of your phone and you'd be amazed how much time is freed up when it's just not super easy to just flip open that app and start scrolling. Just get it off your phone. Start there. Yeah. That's an easy, that's not the heart issue, but like, that's a really practical way to start. You can do it right now. That's one of the reasons I like the watch. We have iPhones, but Mm -hmm. the the Apple watch, because you can't really do any social media on the the watch, but you can still get phone calls if you need to get a phone call. Phone call and text message is totally available. I can even check my email if something really came through, but Mm -hmm. watch it. They are expensive. So it's, that's not as easy as a fix. Sure. All right. I want to end with a couple thoughts as I was thinking through this and just God, how can I 
help encourage the spouse who feels like their spouse is far from God. Here are some things that I came up with. The first thing is before the creation of the world, God knew exactly who you would marry. And he planned that intentionally. I fully believe that. And so the fact that you're with your particular spouse is not an accident. And I believe it's actually God ordained. Again, remember your primary role is that God would use you to help your spouse become everything he desires them to be. And so for your holiness, not just your happiness. Exactly. And so the fact that God has given your spouse who feels far from him right now, a spouse who loves Jesus. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you say, I love Jesus and I want to be more like him. The fact that God gave your spouse, you is evidence that he is already pursuing their heart. (laughs) They're not off with some other person that rejects all the things of God, but they're married to somebody who loves God. Mm -hmm. That should be comforting enough to you to know God's pursuing them. Mm -hmm. He is pursuing their heart already. And so just rest in that. I say the same thing for your kids. The fact that God gave your kids you as parent and you want your kids to fall in love with Jesus is just evidence God is already chasing them down. So don't lose hope. God is chasing their hearts down, even if you can't see any evidence of it. There's clear evidence in the fact that you are their spouse. The second thing I'd say is your steadfastness will most likely produce fruit. And so do not grow weary. We think so short. Everything Mm -hmm. that we do is so short and quick and instant. But, you know, 15 years, you've been married 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, five years, whatever. And these are just here today, gone tomorrow. It's like the wind, you know, forgotten. It just, it means those are such short time frames. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it in the, I mean, when we were in that season, it was like all consuming, all consuming. Every day was a battle and it was exhausting. Every day just sucked. And that is a hard way to live. But now I'm like, we talk about that as a thing of the past. That was a thing that we went through. And thank God we didn't like let that short term battle, like totally win the war. I've heard these stories and I pray that for you listening, that this would be your story that, you know, you hear the stories of saying, you know, I was rebellious, I was far from God, but my wife was so faithful. She prayed for us. She read the Bible. She stuck with the Lord. Or my husband was so faithful and he just stuck with it. Even when I was far from God, he was faithful to the Lord. May that be your story when you're 80, 90 years old and you've been married for decades and decades and decades and you both love Jesus and you're holding hands on a porch and you're looking at your grandkids (laughs) who are following the Lord. Would your story be, I didn't give up. I didn't grow weary. I had steadfastness. I'm believing with you, it will produce fruit. Stick with it. It takes a long time. There's a lot of soil to be tilled here. Did I say that right? Tilled? Mm-hmm. Toiled? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can toil and toil and till the land. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not sure how I wrote even one book, uh, to be honest. Know. I got to go listen to all your podcasts now and no. sum up. Number three, again, just some things that I was thinking about as ways of, to try to encourage you and give you hope. Because it is not hopeless. Number three, God is in it for the long haul. This goes with what we were just talking about. Even when you don't see the change, God's story with your spouse isn't over. He's not looking at your spouse and being like, oh, I guess I'm, this is it. I, we tried. Yeah, they're in a tough season. <laughs> guess that's over. Yeah, We tried, you know. You tried. You, I, I thought for sure if I gave him you as their spouse, they'd fall in love with mm-hmm. me. And clearly that didn't work. So see in heaven. Right. <laughs> not at all. God's story with your spouse is not over. He's in it for the long haul. And ultimately, God is the heart changer, like we talked about. You cannot change your heart. And so pray and pray fiercely and often. You need the Holy Spirit to do a work that you cannot do. 
And I'm going to say one thing, last thing here, and it's going to feel controversial when I first say it. Let me finish my whole thought before you unsubscribe from this podcast. (laughs) Your family, your kids uh, do not actually need a dad or a mom who leads them spiritually. And let me finish the whole thought here. Is that God's best for your family and for your kids and for your relationship? Absolutely. God wants mom and dad. God wants moms and dads to be united spiritually, to raise kids together on the same page who love him. They're on the same page spiritually. They're growing together. That is God's desire. But does he need it to save your kids? No. God is ultimately, ultimately not limited by where your spouse is spiritually and what he can do in your family and what he can do in you. God is still at work. The Bible says that if the rocks are, if you don't worship him, the rocks and trees will cry out. If God can use rocks and trees, he can use anything to draw your heart closer to him and to draw your kids' hearts closer to him. And so as for the wife listening, who's just like, I'm worried about my kids because Mm -hmm. they don't have a dad who loves Jesus and is leading them. God can still save your kids. Don't despair. He can still draw their hearts near to him and they can be passionate followers of his, even if dad doesn't show up. Same is true with mom. Mm -hmm. If mom is not showing up and leading and participating in the spiritual journey of her kids, God can still show up and will show up and save your kids and they can still love him deeply. Is it best? No. But God doesn't have limitations. He doesn't play within the box that we all want to put him in. God can do anything. Yeah. And so do not give up and do not be despaired. Don't despair. (laughs) Yeah. Do not despair. Yeah. God is, uh, he's gracious. And how cool is it? Didn't you just have a kid on who gave his life to Jesus? He was a young boy and God used the son yeah. to chase down the father mm-hmm. and the dad then also gave up, I think it was alcoholism. Stopped and in a day. Stopped in a day it, because his little boy gave his heart to Jesus. That was such a powerful story. That was really cool. Yeah. yeah. You have to go. Yeah. Listeners should go back and find that was good. Yeah, God is using your kids even to save. And yeah. and maybe God will use your kids to bring mm-hmm. your, your spouse's heart back. Yeah. But as I prayed early, don't grow weary and don't grow bitter. God's not surprised by any of this. And he's not giving up. The story for your spouse is not over in the eyes of God. Yeah. He doesn't stop pursuing. Yeah. In those dry seas, real quick, I know we're trying to wrap up, but you know, when people are just like, well, just pray about it. Yeah, like if you've ever been in that season where you're just feeling kind of far from God and someone's like, well, just pray about it. Wah. It's yeah. like, <laughs> what else it's got? like, okay, <laughs> well, that's be. precisely what I don't want to do. I don't feel like it. And then you just get into these like where it's been weeks and months, maybe even years since you prayed to God because you don't feel like it. You feel far from God. But even if you start your prayer life with like, God, I don't feel like talking to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I don't know if you're listening I don't even know if I care. Like, just be, he can handle it, yep. <laughs> you know, yep. and just start the conversation that way. Yep. Take a step towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. I want to say even one. Just a stumble. Yeah. Just stumble that way. I want to say one last thing here before we wrap up, and it's a little bit off topic, but because I have you on the show, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about, there was an episode called Change the World with Me. And uh, so go back and listen to that if you haven't already. But I really talked about how I taking dad tired i feel like as far as i can take it personally and i just feel like i need the help of dad tired guys like come alongside of me let's change the world together probably the most raw podcast i've ever recorded and since then you guys have overwhelmed us 
with love and support mm-hmm. and been like, we are, we're in this together. When I recorded that episode, we had 28 guys who were partnering with us financially monthly, mm-hmm. 28 monthly financial partners. And since then we've surpassed over a hundred people oh, who awesome. have come alongside Hey, I, who just say, I believe in this ministry. I believe in you guys. I believe what God's going to do. And I want to be all in and I want to see the team grow and I want to see the ministry grow. And so I just want to say thank you. Like with Layla here sitting yeah. here, she has sacrificed so much. Layla works her booty off. <laughs> you know, she's still working as a nurse, oftentimes two, three days a week, mm-hmm. um, long shifts uh, to really sustain our family mm-hmm. as I've tried to just be obedient to what God's done here yeah. in that tired ministry. And so for you guys to say, I believe in it and I support you, don't give up and let's see it grow is like, that was awesome. It's so, so encouraging. So yeah, uh, you guys, God has used that too, to really encourage Jared to, I'll just share that. Cause like you've been doing this for six years or something and, you know, just tons of listeners and a lot of support online and stuff and people engaged online and with the podcast. And, and then I speaking for you, maybe I shouldn't, but you know, and then when it's like, okay, we've got. 28 of the thousands and thousands of listeners, 28 of them are donating. It was, I'm sure like discouraging, like is, Mm -hmm. is this not valuable or helpful? And, but it was really nice when you brought it to their attention um, (laughs) that we, you know, it's not free to host podcasts and, and all the, the stuff that goes into this is your full-time gig. And it was hard for a long time and I think discouraging, but it was, it's been very encouraging to know that when you heard that there was a need, you guys stepped up and that was really, that's awesome. Thank you. So blessed by it. So we just want to say thank you guys. Love you guys a ton. I hope that this is helpful for you and we'll continue to just be on your team and we're championing you to see the glory of God grow in families. We really believe that this is what's going to change the world. Our families who love Jesus and uh, raise kids and grandkids who love Jesus. So thanks for being part of this dad tired family. We love you and we'll see you next time later. Thank you.